Hello, everyone, and welcome to Talking Logistics, where we have conversations with thought leaders and newsmakers in the supply chain logistics industry. It's my great pleasure to welcome back to Talking Logistics, Steve Williamson, who's Director of Solution Consulting at Blue Jay Solutions. And today we're going to talk about keeping up with the Amazon effect, how to future-proof your partial technology. Now, one of the interesting findings uh, of this year's CSCMP State of Logistics report is that parcel and express delivery has surpassed railroad as the second largest um, you know, logistics sector out in the market. And it's, it's projected to grow thanks to Amazon and e-commerce and a lot of other factors you know, significantly over the next few years. So the bottom line is that parcel is becoming a, a, you know, a very important transportation mode for just about every company out there. Uh, so how do you manage you know, parcel effectively moving forward? Uh, you know, what capabilities are required and, and what might you know, be in store in the road ahead? Uh, you know, those are just some of the questions that, uh, you know, Steve and I are going to discuss. And of course, Steve is in the front lines of this, uh, you know, very experienced in the partial sector, has seen it evolve for, for many, many years. And uh, obviously working with clients, you, you know, addressing those, you know, just those uh, same questions. So, uh, Steve, welcome back to the program. No, I appreciate you having me back on and really look forward to spending a little time here, a few minutes talking about, you know, Amazon and Parcel and, and what the market's done. So I appreciate it. Thanks for having me back on. Great, great. So, 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 Steve, I mean, you know, that term Amazon effect, I mean, it's something that you hear, you know, so much about and you're both in the trade publications as well as, well as kind of the, the mainstream, uh, you know, media. Um, so, so let's just talk about the Amazon effect. I mean, what exactly is it, particularly from a partial shipping standpoint? It's, it's a great question. I think from my point of view, and like you said, it can, uh, the Amazon effect, it hits many, many different modes in many different areas, but specifically to the parcel, it's all about expectations of delivery. Um, as we're consumers on, on the big World Wide Web, we're driving at making sure that not only can we find merchandise, that's the first and foremost, but can I get that merchandise expeditiously and don't, don't have it affect my bottom line, right? Can it be free in some cases? And that's really what Amazon's tried to do is really push that envelope, you know, with their prime subscriptions and stuff where they're looking at saying, hey, you know, come buy from me and I'll give it to you for free in that two-day window. And, and, you know, that water sprinkler supplier that's trying to compete with Amazon needs to play in that similar space because, again, as a consumer, as we are, and people viewing this, is we uh, want to be able to go on and get it now and, and get it for the most cost-effective. So those suppliers are really, you know, leveraging those systems, those parcel systems to make sure that not only they got all those carrier options, but they got the right service offerings to meet those delivery windows. And as we, we use the term air quotes around free, we know someone's paying for that, right? And it's typically that person supplying that. So they need to use the most cost-effective service and still meet that window that we're expecting. Right. Yeah, no, I, 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 I concur. I mean, I think really what they've done is, uh, you know, reset you know, our expectations, right, with regards yeah. to, you know, delivery window and, and, and the cost of, of that, I mean, you know, mainly these days, you know, uh, free and, and not having to pay for it. So, yeah, so, I mean, how does that, you know, then the question becomes for everybody else, you know, how do you level that playing field? How do you, you know, compete, you know, in, in that environment? Of course, they keep trying to, you know. Uh, up the bar. <laughs> uh, up the bar and make it more difficult. Um, so, so, so let's talk about now, you know, some of the kind of the ripple effects, you know, of that. And, and certainly one of the, um, you know, critical aspects of partial shipping is, is visibility. Um, you know, we all want to be able to track that shipment, try to know where it is. And, and, and of course now we, we want it even, you know, to, to the exact hour that, yeah, you know, something's yeah, yeah. going to arrive. I mean, how is the Amazon effect, you know, again, impacting that need for visibility and, and how is technology helping to meet that need? 
Yeah, so let's, I mean, let's take a look to your point about visibility. If you kind of look back a few years, even could probably go back as a decade, it was traditionally the, and still is to some point, the, the driver comes to your door, they pull out a scanner, uh, they scan some item and they have you sign for it, you know, if you're there, depending upon the type of item. And then they provide that proof of delivery back to the shipper and the shipper kind of checks the box, right? And, and, and has driven that. And that's stayed pretty consistent. There, there are expedited delivery visibility windows that you can have. So you can subscribe to, you know, give me more scans and more alerts. And then, and then I get those driven to me. But if we think about Amazon and, and we just talked about their, their effect on the market, you know, can Amazon take visibility to that next level? Are they going to try to use that as a differentiator? Because shipping is becoming the norm, right? That free shipping is something everyone's kind of doing now. Is visibility going to be that next area of, of expansion to where they're separating themselves through that? So let's, you know, kick around a couple ideas to your point. One of them, let's, let's say video. So could I, could I have a video sent to me of the, you know, the driver delivering saying, hey, I'm coming to your house this morning. This is what I look like. I'll be wearing this. Gives me that extra level of security and comfort that I know who's physically coming to my house. And then eventually, could I get a video of the delivery? So, you know, whether it's a body cam of some type where the, the person is driving up, they're putting the package on the, the stoop. If I get a signature, great. If I don't, and then that gets supplied back to your shipper. Of course, they then can, hey, I know it got delivered. Here's what it looked like. Here's where we put it. And then as the consumer, I get that security of also seeing that video. So, you know, something as simple as video, and I say video because now it's beginning, it's cheaper to exchange video. It used to be too large to be able to move video back and forth, but now it's become, you know, with, with all the social media out there, you know, to exchange videos, could we take delivery um, as video? And then the flip side of that is we talked about tracking. You know, could you look at tracking itself of getting those scan points? I can subscribe to UPS and get more scan points, but can the shipper provide those to me? You know, is there apps that the shipper can provide and put on your mobile device that gives me real-time updates through the shipping, the shipper's device versus the carrier's device? So again, thinking of what Amazon and where they can do, these are, you know, areas that I'm making up in some form or instance, but we really think about shipping's becoming, I'll call it saturated in that it's not a differentiator. Could visibility be the next one? Yeah, those, those are some interesting ideas. I mean, certainly we already have a flavor of that, right? With even like Uber, right? You can actually watch your Uber driver as it's, right. you know, he or she's making, you know, their way to you, right? And you can see that track. So you can, you know, kind of see that happening on a partial shipment, for example, you know, kind of see where, where that driver is, that truck is, that has your package inside. Where is it within your neighborhood or in your area? And then provide a kind of an ETA. You know, I know my, my son, my 12-year-old son ordered, uh, you know, these Chinese yo-yo uh, for uh, kind of as a circus, he was in camp and he was doing a circus arts uh, type of uh, class and he had ordered a circus yo-yo and he kept, you know, asking me, you know, when is he going to arrive? You know, and I said, well, they said, Amazon said it's going to arrive here before 8 p.m., right? And then he gets back from camp. He says, is it here yet? What, what time is it going to show up? I said, well, <laughs> all I know is it's going to get here before 8 p.m. today at some point, right? That's uh, but to your point, I think, you know, here's a 12-year-old who's like his expectation now you is he it. wants to be able to know exactly what hour and maybe where it is so that he's home or, uh, you know, be able to, you know, get that. And obviously, you know, translating that to the working public, you know, you may want to uh, make sure that the package arrives once you're home as opposed to during working hours, you know, if you're concerned about the, you know, security of that package or, or anything like that. So I think some of those technologies you talked about, um, you, you know, are certainly within the, the realm of, of possibility, which kind of brings you to the next question. I mean, because the, the other 
you know, emerging technology, it's not only emerging anymore, it's really <laughs> part of, uh, 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 of supply chain for sure these days that, that's played a bigger role in partial shipping is, is mobile, you know, technology. I, I mean, whether that's new capabilities, I mean, what, what new capabilities or, or opportunities are mobile technologies providing? Um, you know, you kind of touched upon a few there. And, and how do you see it kind of evolving in the years ahead? It's a great point, right? The, the, the term mobile, I'd be curious what that term really means in the future because it's becoming everything to everyone um, in regards to the actual phone, right? And having that flexibility and freedom. You know, as we looked at it, really mobile is entering every aspect of the supply chain. Um, and that if you really break down the components of delivery, whether that's internal um, components in a shipper's facility, all the way to the external components, which is leaving dock to door, um, and, and what mobile can play in that particular space and how it can drive. Um, on the parcel side, more focusing in on that, there's a few different aspects. I don't, you know, mobile has been around a little bit for the purposes of helping shippers in, in, in doing some mobile capabilities within, internally within their facility. But as we alluded to with tracking and some of the visibility things around that and, and, the, and how a mobile device, as you talked about with Uber, right, and, and getting that real-time tracking. I think from our perspective, we really look at, at mobile as being a key attribute of an entire supply chain, as I just described. We've made a large investment, um, as you may be aware of, in a, in a mobile company. We're building out mobile apps across our platform, and Parcel is absolutely a key element of that. So within that area, what we're looking at is you know, giving the shipper more tools to be able to separate themselves and give the, whether it's visibility, whether it's control, um, like being able to come in and maybe change the shipping method through a mobile app versus picking up a phone and going to a website. So if, if they haven't confirmed that it's been shipped yet, can I log in through this mobile as a consumer, this mobile app that I have for Abercrombie or for, you know, Walmart or for whomever and be able to adjust my order, remove that, add this. And can that drive through? And what we see is that really that is probably another area of, of huge expansion is that whole mobile technology, especially as consumers, as you alluded to your 12-year-old, a real-time consuming um, environment that we're in today. Right, right. And I think it's interesting to think about the application, right? Because you, you've got mobile within the shipping environment, right? Whether it's the shipper or the partial carrier and, and, and what they can do with mobile. Then there's the mobile from the consumer standpoint right. in terms of interfacing or interacting with their order, interacting with, um, you know, certainly the, the, the delivery the itself, delivery, right. right? So, you know, maybe saying, hey, you know what? Uh, I'd rather not get it today or I'd rather not get it, uh, you know, at this within this time window. I prefer to have it during this, you know, time window. Um, certainly I, I've seen, you know, you know cases where, you, you know, uh, consumers can get text about ETAs and, and then giving right. them the ability to maybe make some changes at that point, right? Yeah, and what, the, what you see there is often those texts or those interactions are between you and the carrier um, and making some adjustments. I think it's all about the experience, right? Uh, when we think about from a consumer, you, wanna, you want them to come back to me as a shipper or a retailer. I want them to come back to me. So if I can provide apps that they're interacting with with me instead of another party. And you know, if you think about international and all the parties that are involved in, a, in an international movement, right? Brokers and forwarders and local parcel carriers and the, the shipper kind of sits there and is hoping all of these, all these areas talk to each other and give you that experience that you're looking for. With that control of that mobile app, I'm front-ending all of those. So I guess to your point, it's going to be an interesting kind of area to see really where mobile does take some of these, uh, some of these areas of supply chain. Right, right. You know, so we, we've kind of been talking about, uh, you know, deliveries, right? Kind of the, the forward movement of, of products and, and goods. 
Um, but but one one area of, of partial shipping that that is getting a, you know a lot more attention you know these days is is returns. I mean, uh, I mean, what what innovations are you seeing in that area? Great, great point. You know, if we think about returns, you know, similar to to delivery for tracking, you know, returns has been kind of that traditional of you'll get a return label in your package. Uh, we talk about also, you know, you can call the the a phone number or you can go on a website and issue a return. But often it is kind of driven like that. And and if you think about mobile. And you think about the ability to drive apps to, to consumers nowadays. So if I can have an app that I can log into to really drive the returns process, that's potentially another differentiator for me. So, you know, I've got the parcel checking, parcel free sh shipping box checked. Now what can I do? Can I have the returns logistics? Because to be very frank, sometimes that's just as important as the outbound because if it's not right and I want to get it back, um, and get my money back or do something else. I want to have the freedom to be able to do it very quickly. So if I have an app that I can go on to that allows me to say, yes, I want to return it. Maybe I take a photo of what I'm returning. Maybe I then say, this is the date that I want it returned. So to your point, you were busy people. It's the Thursday, come Thursday afternoon, I'll be home, come get these two shirts. And I take a photo of it. And now the shipper knows exactly when they want it returned. The shipper knows what's getting returned. And they have control over the carrier and everything else. Shippers spend a lot when it comes to returns. Some people do a lot of pre-printed labels. So there's a cost to every one of those labels to go in the box. And the numbers are, are varying depending upon who you talk to. But let's say there's a 30% returns out there. So that means 70% of those labels that were produced were never used. And I know personally from some of our customers, some of that can be in the hundreds of thousands of labels a day. So if I turn that around and I said to the consumer, use my app log into my ABC company app and uh, you know, you go ahead, take a photo of what you're returning. You tell me when you want me to return. And then I, I know everything else and I'm not necessarily spending additional money that I have. So I get visibility and knowing when it's coming, who it's coming by. And I know of course that the consumer had a good experience hopefully through that. Yeah, no, that's, a, that's a great point. I mean, I think it is uh, going back to the mobile piece. It's an, it's an opportunity to capture so much more value added information via a mobile app, for example. Right. And, you know, the ability, you know, you may, you know, those pre-printed shipping labels kind of assume, assumes that, you, you know, everything's going to return to kind of a centralized, you know, location, which might be the right strategy for, for a lot of instances. But there might be other cases depending on what the specific nature of the return is, whether it's damaged uh, or it's something that just, you know what, you, you just, realize you didn't want it or you ordered two of them because you didn't know what size was going to fit, but it's, it's otherwise it's a perfectly good condition. Depending on what the reason code is, you may want to ship it back to a different location. Um, but if you have a pre-printed label, it, it kind of limits you to just that one return. That's an awesome point. Right? Yeah. So here it gives you kind of the flexibility to, you know, uh, uh, you know, print out a, a label after you go through this process that is very specific to the reason code that you're you know, turning it back or not even print a label at all. Right, you you can have the shipper just uh, yeah. the, 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 this the dispatch the carrier based on uh, you know what you provide the information you provide and have the carrier then you know provide the, uh, the the label when they come pick it up type of thing. Yeah, you bring up a great great point there, which is if you've got a physical representation of it, a picture of it, you can decipher yourself whether you know the customer says, oh, it's been broken, it's it's got a big gash in it, and then you get the picture and you say, well, hold on, that can be repaired. I'll just send that back to your point facility X now that I know that versus I was going to send it to a disposal facility because it was totally, you know, so that physical evidence and looking at it. And again, if you make it quick and easy, 
as mobile technology is all about, is, is really stepping it up to that point where I can just scan it quick. Maybe I take three scans. I, I send you that photo. To your point, the, the company itself can just be a lot more efficient. Great point. Yeah. No, I think, I think the key takeaway for me here is that, um, you know, that whole returns process, number one, is becoming a bigger and bigger challenge for companies. But it's yeah. also, as we've been talking about, it, this becomes another opportunity to differentiate, um, you know, with the right technology, with the right business process, you, you know, to provide, you know, uh, you know, a better service, you know, to the end customer and ultimately try to save money and be more efficient, you know, from a shipper standpoint as well. Yes. Um, you know, let's go back to, you know, uh, to, to, to Amazon, you know, a company that, um, you know, started out, you know, as an online, right, uh, retailer, but now is, you know, omni-channel, uh, especially, yeah. you know, with this planned acquisition of, of Whole Foods, which was announced, uh, you know, just a few weeks ago. Uh, you know, from a shipping standpoint, I mean, what can other retailers and, and companies do to remain competitive? Yeah, another great question. I think from from my point of view and looking at it from that parcel side is, you know, we all, we looked at Amazon as they really didn't play in that omni-channel to your point area until this Whole Foods. And now this is kind of causing that other retailer maybe was waiting on, uh, well, should I really jump into the omni-channel strategy of really thinking about it at this point? You know, where's Amazon going to go with, with these acquisitions? Now they've had some, I'll call it brick and mortar in, in various areas of their business, but this is really pushing them to that forefront. So I kind of look at it and say, as a, as a shipper out there, you really got to have that flexible platform. You got to make sure that you can expand with that any node, with any mode time um, when, when you're ready to do it. So if you're, if you're looking at um, stores today and you want to expand to um, suppliers, that you have that freedom and flexibility of doing that and you can differentiate yourself in doing that when you want to. So it's really all about making sure that you can kind of expand um, and drive that. But who knows? I, I think that the, a little bit of it is going to be a little bit of a learn as we go. Um, but the key is that platform, is the, as I just described, is making sure that you have that platform. The omni-channel, you know, has been around for a while, that strategy. And it's been a buzzword in the marketplace for going on quite a few years now. But I will I still say is it's amazing how many people aren't, uh, aren't driving it that way. You know, people look at, Regional distribution centers is another area where you can look at. You can look at the use of regional carriers, actually, to be able to help drive and compete with people that have stores or people that have a, a physical presence, whether, again, it doesn't have to be a store, but let's say it's a distribution center in, in a particular area. And that gives them then, hopefully, a little bit of competitive advantage or, if nothing else, a level playing field. Right, right. Now, I mean, kind of another dimension, you know, to this that you see, you know, more and more, you know, manufacturers do and, and, and other, you know, companies is, you know, you know, drop shipping. Um, are, right. are you seeing, right. you know, a rise in, in drop shipping and, and activity within the co kind of the companies that you work with? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. The, the more and more that you can, you know, skip a zone and, and, drop, and, and drop into a, a particular area, um, whether you call it zone skipping, drop shipping, some people use those terms um, to mean the same thing. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Is It's all about, again, it's all about meeting our expectations, right? If we go back to where our conversation started is that we want to have it for free, um, if not for free, for really low cost, and we want it really right away. And the only way you can do that is to have the physical goods either near, near you as the consumer or me as the consumer, or be able to get it there quickly and for low cost. So absolutely. So we see that where people are jumping over a couple zones and joining it. 
Um, if you ever talk with Doug Sorep from Blue Jay Solutions, you also hear like, you know, micro versus macro optimization and really being able to take a look at a network. Whereas maybe in the past I couldn't do drop shipping, but if I'm a part of a network that enables me to, to share the line hall where I can put my hundred packages on with someone else's hundred packages. And now we can move that more cost effectively to a place and induct it. It's better for everybody. And that's where we kind of see um, networks going and how we think our network will help people. Yeah, no, that, that's a great point. I think the, the uh, you know, opportunity there, and I think, you know, I think all the challenges, whether it's through the Amazon effect or just in, in supply chain logistics in general, uh, I, to me, it, it, it's, uh, it's gotten to the point where companies can no longer, um, you know, just talk about collaboration or thinking about, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, innovative ways of doing things. They actually have to start walking the talk yeah, now right, 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 in, right. in yeah, those areas. correct. Uh, because you know it's it's impossible without if you don't take a network, uh, you know approach and a a more holistic and collaborative approach. I think it's going to become much more difficult, you, you know, to uh, you know meet these more demanding customer you know expectations. Uh, you know, Steve, we're running short on time here, so I'm just going to go you know right right to my last question here. I, you know, as a way to wrap up, I mean, so what what questions should shippers ask themselves to assess whether their you know partial technology and and capabilities are able you know to keep up with the Amazon effect and whatever else, you know, the future might have in store. Yeah. Kind of three to keep it quick and simple, three, three areas that I would say questions or areas that you want to think about. Number one is your enterprise um, having the expansion. So selecting a platform that allows me to consider my enterprise. And when we think about enterprise more specific to the, the parcel area, I think about it in a few ways. You think about your distribution center shipping, of course. Um, the other piece is supplier based shipping. Corporate shipping, believe it or not, is even coming into play. So something that, that maybe it's not coming out of stock, but it's coming from corporate. And we talked about store, right? So can I fulfill? We just talking about omni-channel and potentially, you know, whether I can fulfill out of store. And then the last one's the consumer. You know, as you pointed out, that returns logistics is really um, becoming very popular as, as looking at that. And I consider that a node. So when you think about an enterprise and can your parcel system support all of those modes, or those nodes, I'm sorry, and, and being able to drive all of the requirements that may not be there today, but could be there tomorrow. The second one that we want to look at is just carriers, right? Can I support all the carriers that I want and all the services that I want today, but also for tomorrow? So if I'm a domestic shipper today, am I going to be a domestic shipper, you know, six months from now, six years from now? If the answer is yes, then, you know, I have I can think about that in one way, but if I'm thinking about expansion into crossing borders, if I'm thinking about expansion into regional carriers, you know, do I have some flexibility around expanding those carriers? And then just as important is what's the appetite of the solution providers for onboarding those carriers? So not every parcel provider out there, all, you know, us included in that, can support everything everywhere. Um, there's always going to be that customer that says, I'd like service A, and we go, oh, shoot, we don't have service A, but we can add service A. So do they have an appetite for onboarding carriers and can it be done with a tool and be done cost effectively, um, you know, within a short amount of time frame? So that whole flexibility around that. And then the third one is expansion. You know, we think about the parcel system sometimes as a siloed system, you know, but again, I just alluded to moving across borders, right? If I want to expand across the border, if I want to expand in a regional can I expand within a network of solutions? Is my provider a parcel shipping provider only? 
if it is and that's all you need and you're looking towards that future and that's all you're going to need, well, okay, um, then, you know, you'll have one set of options. But if you are saying, geez, no, I want to grow. I want to grow in volume. I want to grow in where I go. Maybe I want to look at suppliers moving parcel into me. Then I want to think about being able to expand in the solutions that might give me visibility across the brokerage, as we talked about earlier, the forwarding. Um, give me controls that allow me from a mobility perspective. So is that provider really giving me expansion into other stuff? Um, and it's not necessarily, I always say, we're going to focus on today, especially when I'm selling. I'll say, I'll focus on today. But think about tomorrow. Don't dismiss tomorrow because sometimes tomorrow can be very disruptive for you to meet tomorrow because you have to get rid of today, if that makes sense, um, and redo for tomorrow. And, and that's not the key. So if you can look at today and build for tomorrow and kind of keep that open eye to the future, um, you know, without getting crazy, of, of course, and trying to assume, oh, we don't want to go out and, you know, build the Taj Mahal if you don't need it. So I think that's where I would say is those three areas, really. It's all about, you know, expansion, um, carriers, and your enterprise. If you get those three down, I think you're pretty solid for the future. Yeah, no, those, those are all great points. And, um, you, you know, I, I particularly like the point about, you know, the carriers, obviously. I mean, we tend to think of, you know, FedEx, UPS, USPS, but, but obviously the, the universe of carriers that uh, – they, yeah, right. that, that are at the disposal of shippers is, is much broader than that. And, and then the, you know, when you think about all the different services involved, you know, it, it gets much more, you know, complex. So kind of yeah. understanding, you know, the carrier support and the carrier universe and how that gets plugged in, I, I, I think is, uh, you know, very important. And I like your first point as well, you know, in terms of, you know, thinking at this, you know, you know, parcel is more holistically in terms of all the different nodes that are involved in the, the, the specific requirements of each of those nodes with, as, as it relates to partial shipping and how they, you know, how, how to look at it, you know, from that holistic perspective, you, you know, as well. So a lot of great food for thought there, uh, Steve. And, you know, like I always say at, at the end of all our episodes, you know, we always just manage to scratch the surface on these topics, right, right, but right. I, I think uh, we covered a lot of ground today nonetheless. And I think we ended up with some, um, you know, great, uh, you know, advice for our, our listeners. So again, thank you for making the time to be with us today. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Great. And uh, I want to thank those of you that joined us. Um, if you are watching this episode on demand, either on the Talking Logistics website or the Blue Jay Solutions website, and you've got a question uh, for Steve, you can uh, post it there. And I'm sure that he'll be happy to respond via that medium. Um, so again, thank you all for joining us and look forward to seeing you in a future episode of Talking Logistics. Have a great day.